it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And welcome in. It is the Garnet Trust Hour here on The Game. Tyler Head and Chris Clark along with you in the Herndon Chevrolet Studios. Dave on the other side of the glass punching the buttons. It's a beautiful Halloween morning. I was said earlier there was a bunch of students walking through the cemetery across the street for some reason, though I guess there's a fitting place to hang out on Halloween, a cemetery, kind of spooky. <laughs> um, I don't know what they were doing. Um, but uh, we got a Twitter poll up right now on the 107.5 The Game Twitter page. Candy corn, yes or no? Or actually, yes, I love it. No disgusting. Those are your two options. Uh, currently, no disgusting is is currently winning. So we'll see how that goes as the uh, morning goes along. You and I are kind of in a similar boat. Like, yeah. we're not against candy corn. We eat it. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a passionate lover of candy corn, but, you know, some people are. And yeah. I get that. What about Captain Dave? Where's he fall? Captain Dave, where are you at on candy corn? I don't like it. Never have. Never will. All right. Well, he's in the no disgusting camp then. Uh, it is the Garnet Trust Hour. And as always, we talk plenty about NIL and uh, what is going on in the world of college athletics. Bring in our special guest today. It's the creator and founder of Post Up Careers, Franklin Buchanan. Franklin, first of all, thank you so much for taking a little bit of your time for us this morning. I'll ask you the same question. You a candy corn guy? Yes or no? Hey guys, thank, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm certainly glad to be here. You know, I, candy corn, I loved it when I was a kid. Um, I don't hate it now, but it's certainly not going to be the candy that I'm going to reach for first because I've already had two pieces of my, uh, my kid's candy. I've had a three musketeers and a mini Snickers so far this morning. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't have an answer. I fall in the middle of it. Well, I see. I, I specifically didn't give a middle ground for the Twitter poll because I knew a lot of people probably go there. So I make people commit one way or the other. So go. I'll put you in the yes, I love it category since you have had good experience with it in the past. I actually, you know what put me in the no because put in the, okay, it's, All right. not, it, it's not even in the top ten of okay. candies that I'm going to reach for, and so <laughs> it, I, I can't in good conscience say, yeah, give it to me. All right, so Franklin is a no then, uh, and again, we'll keep that up uh, as the uh, as the day goes along. But Franklin, again, you are the founder and creator of Post Up Careers. Just in general, give us kind of an overview on what exactly you do and what exactly Post Up Careers is. Absolutely. So I help job seekers navigate their job search through resume writing, LinkedIn profile development, interview preparation, job search, networking, coaching, salary negotiations. And then I help businesses that are laying off employees transition those employees quicker with those same services. So I lean on my background of 15 years in talent acquisition to help clients tell their professional story in the, the marketing documents that help secure them their next position. Good stuff, Franklin. Hey, man, Chris Clark here. Th thanks again for joining us. Uh, so one of the things, I, I know we're going to dive into NIL here in a minute because you've had some involvement in that. You have lots of thoughts and experiences uh, personally with that. But I know you've you've had some experience as well uh, doing some mentorship over at the university, right, it, including some athlete involvement. Is that right? So I did, um, I've done uh, a couple of really just kind of personal branding presentations, again, resume writing, LinkedIn profile development for the Gamecock CEO program. I did one virtual one during the pandemic, and then I did a live one um, 
last year uh, for the GameStop CEO program. Ironically, that's how a couple of my NIL deals came to pass. Um, and then I, I did a presentation for the College of Arts and Sciences, but that was non-athletic um, there. And then I did do the, uh, the USC Mentorship Hub. This is also non-athletic uh, through the Alumni Association. And I, I got to tell you, that was one of the most fantastic ideas I've seen come out of the school in a long time. It paired me with a random student um, that, you know, I got to know him. He got to know me. We had similar shared interests um, and just kind of guiding them a little bit, just offering advice as he was navigating college. That was a tremendous program. I think the Alumni Association should get a lot of credit for that. So tell us about then your NIL deals. You mentioned one of the, for lack of a better term, workshops that you you put on uh, for the Gamecock CEO program, which uh, t- tell us first, l- let's back up. Gamecock CEO program is something that I think some fans know about, but maybe not all of them. Something that the university has in place for kind of off-field development for the athletes. Tell us your perspective yeah. on the Gamecock CEO program before we dive into NIL. Yeah, it's a fantastic program um, that the university puts on that touches all aspects of life after sports. Um, they can connect with internships. They do financial plan. It's all stuff that the University of South Carolina should be offering to every student, um, but it's offered specifically towards um, certain athletes. I don't know what the parameters are to get in the program, um, but when I did it, there was probably 20, 25 athletes across virtually every single sport in it. Um, and again, they touch on financial management, career management, networking, how to dress, all the things that set new graduates up for success. It, it, it's a tremendous idea. It's a fantastic program. Would you say that a lot of athletes are, are very much unaware of what all goes into setting them up for success when it comes to their post-athletic careers? I, I, think, I think that goes beyond athletics. I think that's most college students. Um, I think that they're very much unaware of what they need to do to set them up for success. The idea, I'm a big believer for co- most college students, athletic or not, they don't have relevant internships, right? They don't have the specific internships. Most of them are working at they're, they're servers at Wild Wings or, or they're, you know, working at, at Publix. They're, they're doing things to make money to put themselves through school. And then they have no idea that the most relevant content on their resume isn't that. It's their coursework. It's their class projects. And that little eye-opening piece, when, when I tell them that, is interesting to see. And then how to articulate that in an interview. But I think that goes for, for most college students uh, that – they're not just quite sure what's what's out there and what they need to do to get where they want to go. Tell us a little bit about the NIL deals that you decided. Why did you decide to do an NIL deal? What was your, I know you had a pretty unique idea when you came up with the concept. What, well, I knew that there would be some sort of opportunity. Obviously when, when NIL first started getting bandaged about, nobody had any idea what it would look like, and, and least of all me. Uh, but I knew that, the focus of the conversation was going to be all about starting quarterbacks and point guards naturally. Right. I mean, I can't remember what the Alabama quarterback got. I think it was like 1.5 million or something like that. And, you know, Spencer Rattler seems to be well taken care of here, but if all of that's where the conversation's going, I was like, all right, well, what can I do differently? And um, I didn't see a lot around women's sports. I have two daughters. um, And, and to me, it was important for my first NIL deals to be geared towards women's athletics. And um, immediately I identified uh, Olivia Thompson as someone that I wanted to work with. Um, 
And then through the Gamecock CEO program, the, the first course I did, I met Stephanie Davis, who was on the track and field team, and Kaylee Cruz, who was on the, the uh, beach volleyball team. And those just kind of happened organically. And um, those were the first three NIL deals I did. Again, talking to Franklin Buchanan, the founder and creator of uh, Post Up Careers, and talking about these NIL deals, when you're doing these deals with athletes, what, what exactly are you having them do? What are you asking of them as part of the deal? The first thing for any business is understand what your ultimate goal is. And if, and I would caution businesses that are listening, if your ultimate goal is to make money, I would consider changing that. Um, I, we all hope that we, that we get our investment back. Um, but my hope was just looks. I wanted eyeballs, I, you know, impressions, social media. Um, that was my ultimate goal with them. And each deal, you know, uh, Olivia, Kaylee, and Stephanie were, were the first three, and then each one got slightly was done slightly different. Um, after that, just you, you you do one thing, you see what works, you change it a little bit, and you go from there. But my ultimate goal was impressions. All right, what can I do from their social media perspective, the followers that they have, getting eyes on my brand, um, and then I provided each of them with uh, a resume, um, a LinkedIn pro, and a LinkedIn profile. And um, I, with my clients, they get three, after I write the resume, they get three revisions of the resume for up to a year or until they find their next job. Um, each athlete that I've worked with gets free revisions for as long as I can type on a computer. What was your experience working with the athletes on these, on these deals like? Just from a business perspective and kind of seeing, you know, I'm sure they took some things away from a business, personal branding, like, career mentorship perspective as well it was it was a lot of fun it was it's just interesting it's probably the best word that i can use to to describe the experience um you know everybody's different they all have different goals they all have different wants and um you know each athlete wanted something slightly different and uh the fun part was letting them be creative you know it's easy for me to sit there and say hey i want you to do a post on this and here's what I want you to say. Um, it, 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 it was a little bit more difficult saying, hey, here's the post, run with it. Um, and that was, that to me was the most fun and the most interesting part about it. Uh, and obviously you went to South Carolina yourself. How does your perspective as a fan of these various Gamecock sports change, if at all, once you start getting involved with these athletes specifically through the NIL front? Um, you certainly become more personally, not, not, you know, I'm a huge Gamecock fan. I, I went to school there, met my wife there. Uh, <clears throat> I'm wearing a, well, I'm not wearing a garnet shirt today. My daughter insisted I wear an orange shirt because it's Halloween. That's fair. Um, one day, one day a year I'll wear an orange <laughs> shirt. Um, you're definitely more personally invested. Um, you know, I, I would watch a, uh, a women's basketball and I've always watched the women's basketball team. I love watching Dawn's teams play. Um, but when Olivia gets in there and get, or got in there and, and got her opportunity to play, you stand up a little bit more because you know her, you've worked with her, um, you know what she's capable of, her goals. You know, the football team, uh, every time Debo makes a hit on somebody, I get out of my chair and, and cheer. Not that I wouldn't cheer anyway, but you just cheer a little bit harder because um, Debo's a guy that I've, I've worked with a little bit. Um, and same thing with Kai, when he booms a punt, um, it's, it's, it's just that much more exciting for you 
Franklin, I, I you mentioned Kai. I'd actually forgotten about this somehow, but you know, Kai had gotten snubbed, as we all know, and so you took it upon yourself to create your own award to give him. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah, the Our Guy Award, and this, <laughs> this is where the partnership with the Garnet Trust really came into play, um, and and really showed its benefit because. I was sitting on my computer. I was watching, waiting on Twitter for the for the Ray Guy finalists to come up. And and when when they were announced and he wasn't on there, I was as mad as everybody. And I remember, I think I texted you first, and um and I, and I was like, hey, I, I've got this idea, and he he deserves an award. And and then I I talked to Jeremy about it, uh, the executive director of the Garnet Trust, and and it came together probably within an hour. Um, you know, we settled on, on a, on a, on a, on a dollar figure. We, we talked about the award. The hardest part for me was finding a, a picture frame for the, for the award. And so what we did was, um, I, I've made a kind of a mock-up resume of all of his accomplishments. And when I was putting it together, like we all knew, we all know he's really good, but when I was putting that thing together, uh, I was, I was floored at just how good, consistently good he's been. Um, but we were able to give it to him at the, um, uh, the Garnet Trust party at the, the Cox by 90 house for the SEC championship game. And we called it the, our guy award, Ray guy, forget about you. Kai's our guy. That's fantastic. Uh, Franklin, if you got a few more minutes, we'd love to hold over and ask you a few more questions on the other side. Yeah, sure thing. All right, cool. The uh, Garnet Trust hour rolls on Tyler and Chris, along with you, uh, talking to Franklin Buchanan from post of careers, more coming up here on the game. Chris in the Herndon Chevrolet Studios, Captain Dave on the other side of the glass, punch of the buttons. We are joined on the Love Chevrolet phone lines by Franklin Buchanan, the creator of Post Up Careers, very involved in NIL here with the University of South Carolina. And uh, looking at things from a more broad perspective, and we've had plenty of guests on here, including Jeremy Smith, several times talking so much about what's going on in Washington here as of late with, you know, potential congressional uh, regulation on NIL, and it doesn't seem like uh, that's going to be happening anytime soon, but the conversations are continuing to uh, progress. Uh, Franklin, what are your thoughts on what you've heard from your perspective and your involvement in NIL on what exactly they're trying to accomplish in Washington? Well, you know, what are they trying to accomplish in Washington? I don't even even think Washington knows what they're trying to accomplish. (laughs) Fair Um, point. I think the, the less governmental involvement from a federal perspective you can get, the better. Uh, and I think that the resolution to all of this is relatively simple and it starts and it ends with the transfer portal. I mean, we've got basically NFL free agency right now as, as in Carolina, we were victims of it this past off season. Hopefully we'll be the benefiters from it this off season. But um, when players can just up and then you can't sit here and tell me that, that some of the guys that left weren't tampered with prior to leaving. Um, I think that there's got to be, stricter parameters on when you can transfer and it can't just be because Florida state offered you X amount more money than South Carolina did. That seems like the most common sense, simple solution. So it naturally won't be the one that Congress or the NCAA comes up with. That's a great, great point. So you've been pretty um, outspoken and I, I mean that, you know, in a complimentary fashion about NIL here at USC. I know you've got some thoughts and some opinions on it as far as how it's going, uh, what it could be, what it is right now. 
what is your take? You know, so you're you're obviously a businessman, but you're also mm-hmm. a longtime fan here, and you follow uh, the team. You follow recruiting very closely. I know we talk about it a, a good bit, just person to person, and and we have you know some opinions and some conversations about it. So, what what have you kind of seen? with NIL here at USC. What what is kind of your pulse of what the fan base thinks of it right now? I don't think the fan base thinks anything of it. I don't think that they know. I don't think they understand. I understand it because you, you, once it became a reality a year before it did and we knew it was coming, I did as much research as I possibly could to see how I could use it to position my business. I would be willing to bet less than 1% of the fan base did 1% of the research. Um, I just don't think they know. I think that I think that the school did a good job initially. They brought on uh, Altius Partners to help with, with the advice. And then um, Park Avenue came into play, and that was such a big deal at the time that obviously the NCAA did NCAA things to, and then it got sort of put on the back burner. But it seemed like when Park Avenue got put on the back burner, and I know it's back, but but when it did, that seemed like where the school was just like, <clears throat> let's <clears throat> let's just take a step back. <clears throat> let's not, and, and that's when I felt like things started to go off the rails a little bit. <clears throat> I think they're getting back on the rails, but I just think that we've been far too slow over the last year um, to educate the fan base on the benefits of NIL. And I'll, I'll I was reading about what Missouri was doing, and their chief fundraiser is their athletics director. Um, Rick Pitino, arguably the the greatest basketball coach to ever coach the game, um, said he is the basketball team's number one fundraiser. When he's not recruiting, he's out meeting with donors, raising money. Um, I've obviously heard the messaging from Coach Tanner, and I love Coach Tanner, um, but it needs to be clear what NIL means to the football team, to the basketball team, to the women's basketball team, to the non-revenue sports, because it means a lot to all of these players. And I just think we've done a poor job of educating the fan base on what the benefit to them is and how they can contribute to it. Uh, the other thing that I will – Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're good. Go well, ahead. I was gonna say, the other thing that I'll, that, that, that I'll say, and this, this is the messaging – right now from from both of the collectives both for, from carolina rise and garnet trust it's we're behind all i keep seeing is we're behind kentucky's passing us missouri's passing us i know i know it's true um but i don't think that can be the messaging out there right now i think the messaging has to be positive and i think that we need to be able to show if anybody wants me to do a case study on the number of impressions I got when Olivia Thompson took over my Instagram during the Sweet 16 to put out to donors, I think that would be something that a lot of small businesses would be interested in. Hey, that's pretty cool. I would be willing to invest in something like that. Imagine if you could get Spencer Rattler to do it. Imagine if you got Xavier Leggett to do something like that. That would be – you want to talk about eyes on your business that takes minimal time out of an athlete's day. Um, that's pretty cool. But I think that the messaging has to be, here's the benefit. Because if we need a million more dollars to compete in the transfer portal, which will open in, in what, a month, uh, a month and a half, mm-hmm. um, it can't be, this is how far we are behind. Because if we're a million dollars behind, it sounds like we're not winning. And if we're not winning, it's hard to invest in something that we're not winning at. Again, talking Especially to Frank. If you're, if you're in, 
No, go ahead. I was going to say, especially if your investment is $1,000. Like, what's 1000 bucks going to do to a million? Right. Well, if we got X amount of people, it would do a lot. Again, talking to Franklin Buchanan, the creator of Post Up Careers, you mentioned Missouri a moment ago, and, you know, they've made waves in the NIL space with their law uh, that came out a couple of months ago in reference to their high school athletes being allowed to benefit from NIL once they have uh, committed to an in-state institution. Missouri got a five-star funny enough that week. You know, funny how those things mm. work out. Uh, South Carolina is one of the states that has not gotten on board with something like that yet. Um, from your perspective, how important uh, could that be for the state of South Carolina in uh, catching up uh, in the NIL, NIL front by having something that does benefit outside of college athletes? That's that innovation piece. I mean, to me, I can't think about, especially in terms of basketball, think about how much talent we've lost in this state from a basketball perspective to not even blue blood schools, to Alabama and Tennessee. Um, If those athletes stayed here, whether they came here or, or Clemson, at least put yourself in the game with a law like that, that is the innovative type of approach that we need in terms of advancing NIL. And I don't think it's any coincidence that Missouri's um, basketball team, I think that's a top five recruiting class coming in. Last question for you, Franklin, before we let you go on about your day here. You mentioned education, right? So Mm -hmm. expand on that for me. Like what do fans, what do you think they need to know? Because you talked about messaging, but let's go beyond messaging and just what what is – not even the style of message, but what do they need to know about NIL? Because we are in a weird spot right now. A mm-hmm. lot of fans, and I totally get this. I totally get it. You know, they've said, hey, we are already called on to invest. What? Why can't schools do it? Why can't the NCAA do it? The answer is, right now they can't. They're, they're prohibited from doing so. It's not a fair model. It's not fair to ask businesses and donors who are already stretched thin to to do this. But that is the model, Right. And it is a reality that there are some other places that are having success with this and success that they started a while back. Missouri started doing this when they went five and five, six and seven, six and seven. They didn't win 10 Mm -hmm. games and then jump in on NIL. So what, what, I mean, what do fans need to know to become convinced of this importance, you think? Yeah, I think that you can look at Missouri and see the benefits of what they've what they've done. It's, it's now they're reaping the rewards of the previous three years with the work. Um, what do fan, they they need to know how to donate, right? I, I think that they need to know what the Garnet Trust is. They need to know that w- what a collective does. I think that the Garnet Trust Foundation is one of those differentiators that um, separates itself because the, the charitable contribution piece is a big deal. Um, I just think they need more education on what the collectives are because good, bad, right, or wrong, the collectives have been born out of each of their respective websites, which probably represent less than 2% of the fan base. Um, And so I think the natural inclination is to lean on that, which makes sense because both, because Gamecock Central has a huge audience. Um, So it's natural to lean in on that. But at the end of the day, Again, that's a small portion of the fan base. That education needs to go to everybody. I'll be at my first game this Saturday, so I can't wait to see what the new partnership with USC is going to put up on the scoreboard and whatnot. Um, but every football game, there should be some sort of NIL education, whether it's between quarters, um, on the video board, or all of the above on, hey, this is how you do it. This is what it benefits. This is who it benefits. 
Absolutely. Uh, Franklin, thanks so much for taking a little bit of your uh, time for us this morning and got about 30 seconds or so here. Uh, where can people find out more about Post Up Careers? Absolutely. You can visit my website, postupcareers.com. Send me an email. My email is franklin at postupcareers.com. Um, all initial conversations with prospective clients, I do a resume review with them that's free. Um, so if you're not sure if your resume is getting worked, shoot me an email. Go to the website, fill out my contact form. Uh, we'll get in touch and we'll set up some time to go through it. And I'll, and I'll, I'll walk you through how it works and, and what, what you can do to set your career up for success. All right, fantastic. Again, thanks so much for taking a little bit of your time for us this morning, uh, Franklin. Thanks for having me, guys. Y'all take care. All right, absolutely. Again, that's Franklin Buchanan, the creator of, the creator of Post Up Careers. Uh, yeah, the uh, Garnet Trust Hour will uh, roll on. We'll finally dive into what old Dabo had to say last night on his call-in show. That's coming up here on the Garnet Trust Hour. Tyler and Chris along with you here on the game. Welcome back into the Garnet Trust Hour here on the game. Tyler and Chris along with you in the Herndon Chevrolet Studios. Captain Dave on the other side of the glass. Thank you so much once again to Franklin uh, Buchanan of Post Up Careers for taking a little bit of his time this morning and telling us about his personal involvement with NIL. We'll have that conversation up for you uh, shortly on the uh, 107.5 The Game podcasting page. But uh, now to get to the story that everybody's talking about in the world of college sports. I, I feel like I need to get out ahead of this because I've been asked this question many times since last night. No, I'm not Tyler from Spartanburg. I'm not the one that called in to Dabo Sweeney's call-in show last night. I I actually was thinking about that on the way here and was going to ask you if you were as a joke. You're probably tired of it by now. Uh, I, was surprised the amount, I was surprised the amount of people that legitimately asked me this question. Uh, it didn't sound like you. It did I not knew, sound like I knew like it was, and I was going to ask you anyway, though. I mean, I'm good I'm good at voices, but... Uh, I, You're I an impressionist? Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to get you to do something see, now. You shouldn't have said this that. This is the thing, like, with the singing thing. Now <laughs> yeah. you guys want me to sing. Now you want me yep. to do impressions. Like, uh, I shouldn't have said anything. Who can you do? Oh, I'd have to think. I can do a few things. I have to think of a list, but... I'll let you workshop them... Uh, off air, yeah. To, so uh, I don't put you on the spot. So, so, so funny, funny story before we dive into the Dabo thing. Everybody does a John Gruden, right? John Gruden has a very oh, yeah. distinct, yeah, yeah, voice. I did a John Gruden impression for Brad Johnson one time. Really? When Max was in high school at Oconee County, right there next to UGA, I was writing a story on him. Got to go to their house, meet him, do an interview with him, and we got talking about John Gruden before I left. And I was like, "Can I do my John Gruden impression for you?" He said, "Sure." So I did, and he was like, it's not bad. Really? But looking not- back on hindsight, I'm like, that's kind of embarrassing that I actually thought to do that. <laughs> did you hear Dan Patrick's Lou Holtz story no, impersonation? I did not. So he he told it on air. They're at this big, like, party, some kind of gala or something. Yeah. And it, it was Dan Patrick and uh, Paul, Paulie, okay. who's on his yeah, show. Yeah. So they were there. And so he saw Skip Holtz there, yeah. former Gamecock assistant, Lou's sure. son. And so he saw Skip and went up and said hey to him. They, they said hey. And, and Skip had some kind of joke like, hey, Keith Olbermann, like he was messing with, with yeah. Dan Patrick. Right. And then Dan said, well, do you know, you know, I, I do an impression for, I do an impression of your dad. And Skip was like, oh, really? And then he's like, well, well how did you, how did you do it? And so Dan's like, well, great, now I have to do it. Cause so Paul went and sat down. So he's like, man on an island. And he does the impression. And Skip Skip was like, 
well, it's good to see you, and then went and then left. So wow. apparently, apparently, he didn't think too much of it. That's so you have to be careful, Tyler. When you when you say, "Yeah, I can do impressions." Yeah, that see, that's you're gonna why be put I'm, on the spot. I have to think about the ones that I can do that I know would actually be somewhat decent. I'll, I'll be come, getting a list. From I'll come you. up with the list. I, yeah. I promise. Um, but this Dabo Sweeney thing last night, and, and for those that did not get a chance here, I'll give you the full clip here. It's about five minutes long of Dabo responding to a question <laughs> from Tyler and Spartanburg, which, and I, I had to make a list here, and I, I we I don't want to play the entire thing because it's seven minutes long, so I will give you a quick overview of the things that Tyler from Spartanburg hit on when asking his question. Compared him to Tommy Bowden. Brought up the fact that he makes $11.5 million a year. Why are you going 4-4 four and four when you make that much money? Uh, he's a longtime Clemson fan. He also brought up a Bible verse, as, of course, Dabo is very outspoken about his faith. Mm-hmm. He says there's been a change in the culture since 2018 when they won their last um, national championship. There's an arrogance about Dabo now. And that seven of his ten coaching hires are internal guys without previous coaching experience. Here is how Dabo responded to that question. Hey, Tyler, I've, I've listened to enough of you, Tyler. Listen, uh, you, can, you can have all your opinions that you want, all right? I don't know how old you are. Don't really care, all right? But let me tell you something. Um, we won 11 games last year, and you're part of the problem, to be honest with you, because that is part of the problem. It's people like you that do that. All you do is the, the appreciation the expectation is greater than the appreciation, and that's the problem. And so, you know, we've won 12 10-plus win year, seasons in a row. That's happened three times in 150 years. So if you want to know why, Clemson ain't sniffed a national championship for 35 years. We've won two in seven years. And there's only two other teams that can say that, Georgia and Alabama. Okay? Is this a bad year? Is this a – Yeah. And it's my responsibility. Take 100% responsibility for it. But all this bull crap you're thinking, all these narratives you read, listen, man, you can have your opinion all you want. And you can apply for the job. And good luck to you. All right? But to answer your question, all right, we're second in draft picks. We've graduated 98% of our guys. We're second in wins. All right? We, we, if you, you want to know why, again, I'm telling you, we're not perfect. There's a lot of teams that, you know, Frank Howard never had a bad year. Coach Ford never had a bad year. Nobody, Coach K has never had a bad year in basketball. People have a bad year. But the part of the problem is the appreciation. I used to tell people all the time, they'd say, what's the difference in Clemson? Let me tell you, at, Clemson, at some places there's an expectation, but at Clemson there's an appreciation. And what's happened at Clemson is, is we've won so much that even when we – it used to be the funds and the winning. Now even when you win, people like you complain and criticize the coaches and question everything. You, you, people like you, all right, when I hired Tony Elliott to be the offensive coordinator who never called a play in his life, I'm sure you were critical then. All right, and he took us to two national championships. People like you who just destro- love to, to destroy people – with your comments, all right, I'm sure you've never made any bad decisions. I'm sure you've lived a perfect life. I'm sure you've never, I'm sure you've led a bunch of people. I'm sure you do your job in front. So to answer your question, I started as the lowest paid coach in this freaking business, all right? And I'm where I am because I've worked my ass off. 
every single day. And I ain't going to let some smart-ass kid get on this phone and create this stuff. So if you got a problem with that, I don't care. All right? It, I work for, for the Board of Trustees, the President, and the AD. And if they're tired of me leading this program, all they got to do is let me know. I'll go somewhere else where there is an appreciation. All right? It's not just winning. It's how you win. And we are in a bit. This is a tough year. But we've had 12, 12, 10-plus win seasons in a row. 12. We lost to Tennessee last year. They won 11 games for the first time in like 20 years. We've had 8-11 win seasons in, in whatever, 11 years or whatever. We've won two national championships. Clemson went 35 years, all right, probably since before you were born, your whole freaking life. And we've won two in seven years. And we earned it. And we beat the best of the best to do it. The best of the best. 12, 10 plus win seasons. So if you want to know why, that's why. Am I perfect? Nope. I'm far from it. I am a, and I am a man of faith. Absolutely. All right? I'm 53 years old, and there ain't one thing in my life. I, now, I have, I have been a part of failure many times, but there ain't one thing in my life that I've ever failed at, Tyler. Never. All right? Ever. I wanted to get an education. I got two degrees. I wanted to be the first college of my graduate with my family. I did it. I wanted to go play football in Alabama. I earned a scholarship, letter three years, worked my ass off, won a national championship. I wanted to get into coaching. I worked my way to being a head coach. And when I got this job, and I'm sure you didn't want me to get this job, all right, and 15 years later I'm still here, and I'd say the results are what they are, and I stand on them. So you don't ever have to call back. I, I wanted to get married. I've been married for going on 30 years. I wanted to be a father. I've raised three great sons. If you don't like how I run the program, don't be a fan. I don't care. But I'm the head coach, and I'm going to do what I believe is right for the long term of this program, what's best for the players, and what I think is best for the moment. If you got a problem with that, that's fine. But you're not, I'm not going to sit here and let you call. I don't give a crap how much money I make. You ain't going to talk to me. Like I'm like I'm 12 years old. You'd be freaking kidding me. Amen. There is your full context of Dabo's rant last night. Marinate on that. We will uh, give our thoughts coming up as the Garden Trust Tower rolls on here on the game. If you don't like how I run the program, don't be a fan. I don't care. But I'm the head coach, and I'm going to do what I believe is right for the long term of this program, what's best for the players, and what I think is best for the moment. If you got a problem with that, that's fine. But you're not, I'm not going to sit here and let you call. I don't give a crap how much money I make. You ain't going to talk to me like I'm, like I'm 12 years old. You'd be freaking kidding me. Amen. <laughs> Welcome back into the uh, Garnet Trust Hour here on the game. Tyler and Chris along with you. And trust me, we're going to talk about this. Uh, for a good little while here. So uh, this isn't the only segment we're going to dedicate to it. A lot to unpack from the five-minute rant that Coach Sweeney went on last night on his call-in show. And just to recap, Tyler from Spartanburg, not me, just to reiterate, um, (laughs) brought up several things over the course of his two-and-a-half-minute question, um, which working in radio as long as I have, you never let somebody go that long, especially when they're pushing as many buttons as this guy was. Um, for whatever reason they did, 
let his whole question get out there before Dabo's like, all right, I've had enough of you, and went on his rant. But he compared Dabo to Tommy Bowden, who, Mm -hmm. of course, Dabo coached under before taking over the reins himself, brought up his salary, $11.5 million, questioned why we're 4-4 and if you're getting paid that much. He's a longtime Clemson fan, was in the military, mentioned that too, brought up a Bible verse. Of course, Dabo's very outspoken about his faith. Said there's been a change in Dabo since 2018. He's become more arrogant and also brought up the fact that seven of the ten coaching hires he's made have been internal hires Mm -hmm. and not guys from the outside. So that was the setup to Dabo's five-minute rant. Yeah, I mean, it... (laughs) Tyler... I, I, you know, Tyler. I wonder what his uh, his friend group think thinks right now. They're probably they were probably gassing him up to ask the question. You think so? Like he like, he's like the least. He's like who's the most reasonable one to ask this question? Sure, Let's I, pick Tyler. They were all having the conversation after watching them lose on Saturday, and like you know what, Dabo's got a show on Monday night. <laughs> one of us should call in. Somebody's got to do this, Tyler. We'll take one for you the do team. It. And I look, I will give him credit. He had a list of objectives and yep. high points he was going to hit, yep. and he nailed all of them. He was not bumbling well, and stumbling and reaching for this and reaching for that. He had an agenda of what he wanted to say, and I think he got it all out. You know, there's going to be, and I may, we may have some uh, phone calls of our own, Tyler. Sure. Uh, by by me saying this, the Love Chevy phone lines, Farrell Substacks line, certainly in the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Definitely. I would like to hear more feedback. But... Here's the thing, like, Dabo Swinney comes out, and, and you may not agree with the method, you know, that that he said it. So, so I've seen some people say, you know, hey, don't cut the guy off or, or don't, don't respond in that manner. But it kind of goes back, I mean, to the point that we've been talking about lately here on, on the show and on the takeover hour. Like, you can be a victim of your own success, and that is what has happened. Sure. Here... It's happened to Nick Saban at Alabama. It happened to Steve Spurrier here, kind of on a lesser scale, where, like, basically you set a standard, and then if you don't live up to that old, to the standard that you set, right, then you're a failure, right? And it's really like when you go back and look, and even the most hardcore Gamecock fan who despises Clemson, despises Dabo Swinney, the results do speak for themselves. The Absolutely. last time that they had a season where they didn't win double-digit games, and this this will be one of them, right? Yep. But it will be the first time since 2010. Which was his second full year. Second full year. Every single year since then, they've won double-digit games. They've won a whole bunch of bowl games. Obviously won two national titles at a place that not only had not won one since 1981, but had not really come close and no, they were they were a little old Clemson when he took over they were and now here's the thing within Tyler's diatribe I, I don't think it was fair at all frankly mm-hmm. there was a singular good point in there that I don't think he made well and that is that just because you did those things doesn't mean that you're now immune from criticism sure right? so could you question um Sw- Swinney's non-adoption of the transfer portal in NIL. Could yeah. you could you question some of the hires he's made? Absolutely. Sure. Right. But to to go that far on the basis of one bad season compared to Tommy Bowden, it just it, man, that that kind of fell flat. If this conversation is happening 
three years from now and Clemson's gone six and six, five and seven, six and six, and maybe seven and five, then okay, yes, yes. I get it. Now you've gone through a four to five year period where you've dropped off significantly. The rest of the season is yet to be written, and we hope that South Carolina is going to beat Clemson at the end of the oh, season. Yeah. They're still in the season eight and four, technically yeah. speaking, and potentially win a ninth game in a bowl game, which, again, not great compared to being in Orange Bowls and AC Championship games and six college football playoff appearances, but it's not this jump off of a cliff necessarily. Well, and, and I know a lot of Clemson fans and a, and a lot of them who lived through those Tommy Bowden years mm-hmm. that were – I feel like some of them have forgotten how incredibly frustrating those years were. Oh, yeah. And a lot of them are acting like four and four is the end. Of, now, should you be happy about it and of course like, not. accept it? No. But, man, have some perspective. Sure. You know, on where you've been. You, you haven't done this for five years in a row. Right. I mean, look look at what you've done. And, and we, just, we just see this all the time. I, I've always said, like, even at South Carolina, a place that's so, so hungry and has not won a championship, right? Won the ACC title in 69. They uh, made it to Atlanta in 2010, won the Eastern football. Even at a place like that, I honestly believe that if Shane Beamer one day won a national title at South Carolina, there would be a segment and and not an insignificant one of people that would somehow complain about it. So, well, if you play like that, you won't win another one next year, you know, type of thing. You know, and and all the the coaches that have won big, Saban, Swinney, all of them, They've gone through this. Georgia, if Kirby Smart has an 11-win season this year, next mm-hmm. year, there are going to be people just absolutely bashing him. You're absolutely right. No, when, when you get used to a certain level of success, anything less than that is suddenly the worst thing in the world. And we'll uh, you know we'll dive into more of this when Wes gets in here for the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour because there's a lot of different angles to this. And I want to bring up something as well uh, about – these kind of questions being asked, whether it be by fans or by media, because I think you guys can offer a very good perspective on this. So we'll dive into more of that as the uh, afternoon or the morning rolls along. Excuse me. Coming up next, it is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game.